darkest days, coldest nights. Between the lies podcast. A lot of nights. A lot of nights. Between the lies. Read between the lies. Yeah. To whomever this may concern, you'll never walk an inch in my shoes. This how it sound when the man he got nothing to lose and got something to prove. Alright. Used to be I was just stuck in a cycle of all of the drugs that I used. My mama and I see you losing the vitals. I promise my dad was the glue. And welcome back to the Between the Lies podcast, where we deep dive into whatever wicked or warped subject we might find our way into at that given time. So today we're gonna be going over a multitude of things and just general things that are going on with the world. But I want to circle back to last week's episode because for the majority or most of the episode last week, we actually talked about the Super Bowl and some of the symbolism going into the Super Bowl with Taylor Swift and the number 13. Now, I'll refresh your memory, Super Bowl 58 is 13. Brock Purdy wears 13. There were maybe 30 or 40 things that all added up to the number 13, and it was all circulating around the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift. So my prediction in my head, I don't know if I said it on last week's podcast, was there is no way the Chiefs can't win this game. I didn't bet on it, but had I bet on it, I 100% would have bet on the Chiefs to win the game. In terms of the NFL and the story they've been trying to paint all year with Taylor Swift and the Chiefs and the general relationship that's getting so much buzz right now, just to me, there's no way the NFL would have let the Chiefs lose, even if they were going to lose. I didn't see a lot of calls that were too bad, but I will say the entire game, the Chiefs' offensive line was clearly holding the 49ers' defensive line, which is literally, I think, the best defensive line in the whole league. So there were some obvious holds, but many people have reached out to me and said that the Chiefs were holding all game too. I guess I was paying more attention to the 49ers because I knew the NFL would not let the Chiefs lose. But nonetheless, all that 13 symbolism and these things that we were talking about last week, now we have some new symbolism, and it all revolves around the number three. So I want to talk about some of the specific circumstances where this number three came out. And we always talk about on the Between the Lies podcast how many coincidences until it's not coincidence at all. That's like the main theme of this podcast. So when we look at some of these instances of the number three popping up in these stats and certain things that happen in the Chiefs and 49ers Super Bowl, you can only say something's going on for one. And two, we're going to talk about the genesis of the number three and some of the occult things that I've been looking into. Not for me to be in the occult, but I'm trying to understand why they're symbolizing certain numbers more than others. So nonetheless, let's talk about some of the circumstances where we saw the number three pop up. And get ready, because it's not going to be a short while of me talking. It's pretty extensive. So the Chiefs won the game by three. There were three seconds on the clock at the end of the game. A three-yard touchdown pass won the game. Patrick Mahomes threw for 333 yards. He won his third Super Bowl title. And another spotting of three, the Super Bowl address for the stadium where it took place is 3333 Al Davis Way. So you mean to tell me Patrick Mahomes won his third Super Bowl MVP in his third Super Bowl victory. It was the 33rd time a QB had won the award by three points with three seconds left by throwing for 333 yards with the address where he's doing this being 3333 Al Davis Way. 
Now, say what you want, but the numerology of that and the fact that the three is so prevalent in some of the stats and the address of the stadium is simply no mistake. It goes against, statistics-wise, the probability of that happening is one in many billions, I'm sure, for everything to line up that perfectly, all threes across the board. And we also have some weird things about this NFL season and certain things that have happened this NFL season that are kind of falling in place with the 2020 NFL season. So I want to go over that as well. I was unable to mention that last week, so I wanted to go over that real quick. Let me read it off for you, the similarities between the 2020 season and the 2023 into 24 season. And keep in mind that as I'm reading these, these are things that have happened the same as 2020 as they're happening in 2024. So many people are actually questioning, is time looping or are we on some type of 40-year cycle? But nonetheless, Chiefs and 49ers were in the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson is the MVP. The Ravens win the AFC North. Texans win the AFC South with 10 wins. The Chiefs win the AFC West. The Chargers were last in the AFC West in both years. Washington was last in the NFC East with 13 losses in both years. The Panthers win the NFC South. 49ers win the NFC West. Cardinals are the last in the NFC West. Chiefs are the home team. 49ers are the number one seed. Billie Eilish won Song of the Year in both years, 2020 and 2024. The Chiefs were a plus 600 preseason odd to win the Super Bowl in both years. The 49ers beat the Packers in the playoffs. The Bruins and Maple Leafs from the NHL finished top five in the East. The Avalanche finished second in the West. The Celtics and Bucks both finished top three in the East. The Nuggets finished third in the West in both years. The number one seed wins the college football playoff in both years. There were two undefeated teams to play in the college football playoff. The loser of the playoff lost by three scores in both years. Joel Embiid has surgery to repair his left hand. Now it's a left knee, but nonetheless, the Panthers fire Ron Rivera after a loss. Also, the Commanders fire Ron Rivera after a loss. And the winner of the Citrus Bowl scores 35 points in both years, 2020 and 2024. So this has been highly debated online, and I just wanted to give some of my feedback. Now, all this stuff is highly coincidental. Do I actually think that it confirms that the NFL is rigged? I don't think this piece of information does. But it actually opens up the thought, are we in some type of altered reality? And there were also a wild theory online, which I'm not giving credence to by repeating. I'm simply stating it. I don't necessarily believe it. We'll have to see in March if this prediction will come true. But many people have pointed out that Usher was set to perform at the halftime show to usher in the next coming of COVID. And again, going over those similarities between the 2020 and 2024 season, we see that in the 2020 season is when COVID started. So is it possible that all these similarities are a weird way of letting us know that COVID 2024 is coming? It will definitely affect the election. There's no doubt about it. I do believe that into April and March, et cetera, that we're going to see a new rollout of COVID. And the truth of the matter is that mail-in ballots are going to be king again. And if mail-in ballots are king again, make no mistake about it, Donald Trump will not be president all over again. And as I always say, I'm not a political person, but I just don't get how anybody in good faith could try to reelect Joseph R. Biden and feel comfortable with that decision. 
we've seen right in front of our very eyes the truth that some puppets or rather some presidents are clearly puppets and it's obvious that the guy who can't remember what he had for breakfast does not actually hold the key to the nuclear codes at least you would hope not we also have vladimir putin in his interview with tucker carlson insisting like many theorists for years have insisted that presidents aren't actually the ones in control but nonetheless before i get way too far off track so we have a lot of three symbolism of course we talked last week about the taylor swift and the 13 symbolism and that was kind of foreshadowing the fact that the chiefs were going to win and for me like i said earlier <clears throat> it confirmed the fact that I thought the Chiefs were going to win, and even if they were on the brink of losing, that the refs would have stepped in and done what they had to do. It was an open and shut case. The Chiefs won, but at the end of the game, like we mentioned earlier, we have all this three symbolism. So let's talk about three in the occult and kind of what it means, and then we can go over my personal theory. Although, as always, I encourage you guys to look into these things on your own and come to your own conclusions, but I'm a vessel to get you some of this information, as always, on the Between the Lies podcast. But also, in regards to the Super Bowl, I want to talk about Ice Spice and her presence in the Taylor Swift uh, saga, per se. Now, Taylor Swift obviously has done a song with Ice Spice, and therefore Ice Spice would then accompany Taylor Swift to the Super Bowl. Now, before I talk about the signs that Ice Spice was throwing up, I want to talk about the fact that, think about it, if... You have a 10-year-old daughter who all she loves is Taylor Swift. She watches the football games to see her. She watches everything just to get a glimpse of Taylor Swift. And then you see her in the booth with Ice Spice palling around. And then that 10-year-old daughter is going to go and listen to Ice Spice, who's rapping about literally nothing but trash. And again, that derogatory agenda that we see with the hip-hop industry. The males have to rap about gang violence, drugs, etc. to get a push, and the females have to rap about sex, their body, and basically objectifying themselves for the whole world to see. So that 10-year-old who listens to Taylor Swift will then go and listen to Ice Spice. I know I'm a little all over the place today, but bear with me, I'm ranting. So Ice Spice was spotted, of course, in the Taylor Swift section, and at a certain point during the show, you see her clearly throw up two Baphomet horns. Now, many people would say, no, that was the rock and roll symbol, but I'm here to tell you there's a stark difference. The Baphomet horns are very pronounced, and there's a way about doing it where you're basically proclaiming where your allegiances lie. Now, also, many people pointed out in my video something I didn't notice, was that Ice Spice was also wearing an upside-down cross necklace. Now, many people say this is the St. Peter's cross, and it symbolizes this in Christianity or Catholicism or whatever. But at the end of the day, Ice Spice, she's an agent of darkness. She is literally dumbing down the youth as we speak. Like I said, that 10-year-old girl is going to listen to Ice Spice, is instead going to focus on her body or think that's the only thing that matters about her. She is a vehicle to destroy the youth. So her wearing an upside down cross, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. It is a dark symbol that she is donning on her neck. So after she throws up the Baphomet horn, she pulls the cross up to her neck and basically kind of like she's being hung or something like that. Nonetheless, to wrap this up in terms of the truth about the Super Bowl, we saw endless 13 symbolism all heading into the Super Bowl, which of course revolves around Taylor Swift. We saw more 13 symbolism with the game itself. For example, it being 10 to 3 at halftime, or Usher's performance going 13 minutes long. 
we had Taylor Swift wearing the 13 chain, which I know is part of her album, but nonetheless fanning the flames of the conspiracy. Then we had all the symbolism and coincidences with the threes, with all the stats. This simply removes any doubt in my mind that the NFL is clearly influenced and the Super Bowl is clearly an event for the ages where the powers that be can click up and slightly reveal their agenda, whether that be through stars like Ice Spice or the constant use of numerology. Lastly, when it comes to my theory behind the possible meaning of all the three symbolism, I found this online and I found it particularly interesting. It states, the number three plays a prominent role in myth, mysticism, and mystery traditions, folklore, alchemy, ritual, and magic, dark and light magic. Three is a numerical vibration that opens the gateway to the higher planes, the realm of the gods. It is a number of bringing something into manifestation in our material world. Now, when we see an event like the Super Bowl and we know its connections to the powers that be, we have to start to question, was this overload of the number three some type of warning or some type of way to letting us know that something dark is being manifested? Keep in mind that Taylor Swift also highly resembles Antoine LaVey's daughter, Zena LaVey, and to me that seems like no mistake. For those of us who don't know, Anton LaVey is similar um, in dark and occult to Aleister Crowley. He is quite literally the founder of the Church of Satan, guys. Keep in mind that Taylor Swift routinely makes mention of magic and even performing-wise has installed some occult-type ritualistic vibes to her concerts. The same concerts where thousands of people are going to and saying they felt like they were in a trance and or had their memory wiped. So I'm not saying that Taylor Swift is somehow Zena LaVey. That would be nuts. But is it possible that a lookalike was chosen to carry the torch and spread some type of message of a cult in one of the most unsuspecting and clever ways of all time? That being entertainment. I mean, I'm purely speculating here, but at the end of the day, as always, I encourage you guys to do your own research and come to your own conclusions. But again, lots of stuff going on with the Super Bowl, and I don't believe any of it to be a mistake. Nonetheless, to digress from the Super Bowl and talk about our next topic, which I'm excited to get into... I want to talk about Young Pharaoh, and for those of us who don't know, he is a YouTube and social media personality that's really exposing the powers that be, or at least was, in every way, shape, or form. I actually found his channel sometime in 2019 to 2020, somewhere around COVID time, and I was hooked. No, I didn't agree with all of his points. There are certainly people in the conspiracy community who I listen to sometimes, and although I respect their points, I don't agree with all of them. And I also think a lot of the conspiracy community would be doing itself a favor by being a little more open-minded, as crazy as that seems, and not just supposing things are always going to be one way or another, because there are multiple issues that over the years I have learned to look at in a totally different way. But Nonetheless, I didn't always agree with Young Pharaoh and his points, but the truth of the matter is, he was enlightened. He was somebody who was portraying his personal truth, and like I always say on the podcast, he was opening people's eyes to the truth and making them more open-minded towards the realm of possibilities. And some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about is very deep, and some of this is the reason why I believe that his personality was actually changed, possibly by government agencies, but nonetheless... There was a change sometime in 2022 aroundabouts with Young Pharaoh, and I'm afraid to say it's all but confirmed that something is extremely different with him. And you can even check some of the TikTok videos of him preaching, and you'll see people commenting galore saying that this is the Young Pharaoh they remember, and they can tell that he's not the same person. So I'm not the only one who thought this, but 
Many people have speculated that the change is a result of him being cloned, which I suppose is absolutely a possibility. But many people have also pointed out they believe it to be some type of MK Ultra mind control at play here. Now to make a very general point and then circle back, we do know that in many cases, some of these celebrities are controlled under some sort of mind control. And that may sound super far-fetched to somebody who's never listened to my podcast or this type of podcast. But do your research and you'll find the evidence of it as I have. We literally have concrete proof back sometime in 2016 Kanye West spoke out in his support for Trump and proclaimed that the likes of Hillary Clinton and Mark Zuckerberg were liars and not for the people. He would go on this long rant at the end of his concert, cut his concert short. Don't you know that that very night he was rushed to UCLA Medical Center for an involuntary 72-hour hold? Now, he would emerge three days later, of course, 72 hours, strong in his conviction and have a meeting face-to-face with President Trump. Nonetheless, it looked like he had lost about 15 to 20 pounds and his hair was dyed blonde, which is a common theme we see with these mind-controlled celebrities. Keep in mind that UCLA Medical Center has been confirmed with proof that it is the birthplace of the original MKUltra mind-control experiments. We also have Kanye West recently talking to TMZ confirming that his support for Trump was exactly what landed him in the mental hospital. This was clearly a brainwashing attempt. In the general broad spectrum, there is not a doubt in my mind that this type of mind control can be used specifically to influence people who hold great influence, such as Kanye West. Now that brings us back to Young Pharaoh, who was a rising star in terms of opening people's eyes and minds and doing some of the same type of work we do on the Between the Lies podcast. Now sometime in 2022, we saw a huge change not only in his personality and his appearance, but a content shift and a general change of lane per se that has been noticed by all of Pharaoh's devout followers. Luckily, we are able to watch old videos of his then and now and note the differences. So as I'm going through some of the stark differences we see in the today version of Young Pharaoh and the Young Pharaoh that I remember a few years ago, I highly recommend you go down this rabbit hole as well. Specifically for anybody listening today who doesn't believe this type of thing at all, Or if you have someone in your life who doesn't believe these type of things can occur, you can literally show them some of this proof. And I think they'll at least be open-minded to the possibility that this man was changed some way or another. First off, let's go over some of Young Pharaoh's views and some of the things that he was speaking about that I believe led to either him literally being cloned, which sounds crazy to say, but it's 2024. And we have to realize that cloning technology completely exists. Let's all get it through our head that the so-called technology that our own governments will admit is available to us is not the end of the tunnel for technology. So he was either cloned or MK-Ultra'd, you can't convince me otherwise, which unfortunately has become a verb at this point as it's happened to many artists and influential people over the last few years. Now I do want to reiterate, I didn't always agree with all of his points, but I did learn a lot from him over the last few years listening to his old stuff. So let's talk about a synopsis of some of the points that he was driving home by speaking about it in podcast and YouTube format over the years. First and foremost, he exposed religion and the fact that it's strictly a business. He spoke about the fact that the devil was sent from God to ruin the earth, which I choose personally not to believe in, and that's my personal truth. But anyways, he speaks of throwing out the Republican and Democratic systems as they don't serve us anymore, which I completely agree with and have spoke about on this podcast. 
He spoke about the power within all of us to manifest our own realities. He also exposed Black Lives Matter and the genesis of the movement not being for the people anymore at all. He also exposed the George Floyd death and what he believed to be a psychological operation to create division within the country. He spoke out against this, and again, it's not like he was speaking to one or two people. His audience actually grew over the years, and more and more people were starting to listen to him and realize that a lot of what he was saying, not everything, but a lot of what he was saying was completely based in truth. He talked about celebrities, specifically African-American celebrities, but celebrities in general being down with the Luciferian agenda, and a lot of that we've covered on this podcast as well. I do want to play a good part of this next clip of him speaking and then react to it because there's a lot of truth in it and it's something I want to share with you guys. So let's play that and then go from there. Excuse me. Most black celebrities are down with the Luciferian agenda. The God of Freemasonry is Lucifer. Okay? Okay? Okay. I, every, every, I've been saying this. And I'm tired of black people DMing me, talking about, oh, I asked my uncle or I asked my cousin, you know, who's their God? And they talking about they can't tell me. That. They, of course, your uncle and your cousin's not going to fucking tell you. He's not going to tell you. So just tell him that, your, that Albert Pike said in the book Morals of Dogma, the God of Freemasonry is Lucifer, and see if he tell you that. And so don't stop, stop watching these videos and running to ask niggas shit that you already know. Most of these niggas is low-level wannabe Freemasons, okay? We talk about the motherfuckers that got the money and the power, see? So I'm going to use a couple old-school rappers, and I'm going mean, I'm to use one old-school rapper that everybody loves, and I'm going to use one, two new-school new rappers to show y'all how they using frequency because music, a.k.a. sound vibrations, reconstructs and rearranges atoms. And black people specifically absorb the total spectrum of light and vibration. So we absorb and digest music in its entirety. This is why we dance the best. This is why we have the best agility. Because we absorb the most frequency. And so the frequencies and the lyrics, as well as the potions and the spells that we're doing on ourselves, as well as the organizations that we subscribe to, are all in worship and in practition of So here in that last clip, we have a few things that I agree with and a few things I don't. So let's break it down. I don't personally know enough about Freemasonry to claim that their God is Lucifer, and I've read many things to the contrary. I do know that the music and entertainment industry routinely use Freemasonic symbols in their music videos and performances. And with everything we know about the evil entertainment industry, we do know for a fact that there is an evil agenda at work. They don't exactly do a great job at hiding it. Is it possible that the genuine form of Freemasonry at its core is not evil? Yes, absolutely. My personal opinion is that what we see in Hollywood is some adaption of Freemasonry that is branched off into the Luciferian agenda. Some mix of both clearly we're seeing in Hollywood. So I know someone listening to this will have an uncle or brother or grandpa that's a Mason and want to argue with me over it. I just want to make it clear I'm not claiming that all Masons are evil. I do not subscribe to that theory. But we also cannot ignore the symbols of Freemasonry we see every day in entertainment. And you can't blame someone for questioning that. He also touches on something we've mentioned before on the podcast and talks about the music 
being infiltrated by that Luciferian agenda and the fact that frequencies in the music are affecting us in a negative way. The more you listen to Young Pharaoh, or at least the Young Pharaoh I used to know, speak, the more you realize why somebody gaining popularity so rapidly and gaining such an audience would be a possible threat to the powers that be. And when we say that, we're talking about the elites in the world, the people who control the world. This is clearly somebody who's trying to open people's minds. Again, I didn't agree with everything that was ever said from him, but this is somebody who's attempting to open people's minds to the truth and in general look deeper into the world, more so than we do on a normal everyday, day-to-day -day basis. Other things that Young Pharaoh spoke about adamantly was the entirety of the medical industry. He was extremely against Big Pharma, specifically the COVID vaccine and the true dangers of it around that time. Lastly, quite generally, he would speak to the everyday person who was being negatively influenced by media, entertainment, the dangers of celebrity, and try to break them free from the so-called spell. Now, sometime around 2021 or 2022, he actually went to jail in Harris County, and he admits on multiple videos that he believes that he was drugged during his stay in that jail. Not only that, but he would return with an eye of Horace tattoo over his eye, and his content would drastically change. The former African-American leader would begin to degrade his own people, something he would never do before. Instead, he was about boosting people's self-confidence and their self-esteem. He began making music about money and materialistic things, again, all types of things that was never in his content before. He quite literally did a complete 180 from who he was before. His speech pattern even changed at a point. He began speaking slower and enunciating words differently. Now, obviously, this being the topic I wanted to go over today, I did a lot of digging, and here's some of the things that I found that could pinpoint the actual change in Young Pharaoh. There were rumblings online of a change in Young Pharaoh not happening until he moved to Houston and apparently had a bad trip on mushrooms. But then it gets a little weirder. Now, many people have pointed out that around the same time, Young Pharaoh actually came into contact with a woman who was supposedly a healer. I came across an interview where Young Pharaoh's ex-bodyguard actually points out that around that same time was the change in Young Pharaoh that we see today. She was presented to the bodyguard as a way for Young Pharaoh to ascend and work on his spirituality. The once vibrant African-American leader who boosted his community and once used his outreach for positive began using it for nothing but negative, constantly making videos about his anger towards his children's mothers and calling women bitches, cunts, you wouldn't even believe it. Even insisting that he would physically abuse his baby mother if he had to on a public interview. Throughout some of the new content from Young Pharaoh, we even hear him joke from time to time about being involved or being a possible asset to the CIA. It quite simply is just not the same person I found sometime in 2019 or 2020. So there are a few different theories I have as to what actually occurred, and I want to go over those because, of course, that's always the most fascinating part. The most basic possible explanation of the stark change in Young Pharaoh would be that money changed him. Is it possible that once his platform really took off, we just began to see the negative side of the man viewers felt like they truly knew and knew the content of his character? Instead of not caring about material, once he got a taste of it, he was consumed by it. I guess that's possible, but I feel like this one goes deeper than that entirely. Another theory would be the mushroom trip. I once heard a story a long time ago about a kid that my girlfriend went to school with who was taking LSD one night and the next night was a completely different person. 
It is absolutely true that psychedelic drugs can have a negative or positive effect on people. Is it possible the very same happened to young Pharaoh? That would explain some of his speech changes and the entire 180 in terms of content and beliefs. But what if it's deeper than that? My true feeling as to what happened to young Pharaoh is complex, but I want to share it and encourage you guys, as always, after listening today to this podcast, to do your own research as well. Although most of his YouTube channel has been taken down, you can go on Rumble or Rumble.com, for those who don't know, and type in Young Pharaoh, and you'll see some of his old teachings and videos. I encourage you to watch even five minutes of him talking, even if he's not for you, and speaking up against the powers that be as he used to. Then head on over to YouTube or TikTok and type in Young Pharaoh, or for TikTok, Young Pharaoh Clone, and watch some of his recent stuff. Even if you didn't know Young Pharaoh before today, you will obviously be able to see the difference in this man. But anyways, my theory is as follows. Young Pharaoh was a pure soul who made it his divine mission to wake people up to the evils in this world. He was passionate about teaching everyone that there was simply more to the world than we all even knew. Teaching them that the government is our enemy and not our friend. The medical industry, the entertainment industry... A lot of the things we talk about on the Between the Lies podcast. Undoubtedly, when somebody is so intelligent and he's waking people up per se, that person is going to become a threat to the so-called serpent that we're all up against. Whether this happened in jail, where Pharaoh admitted he was drugged, or in some encounter with this healer lady who we heard a little bit about, the outcome is the exact same. Young Pharaoh went from influencing people positively and opening their minds to spewing negativity and trashing his own people. Quite simply, is it somehow possible that intelligence agencies maybe zeroed in on Young Pharaoh as a threat to their power? Quite simply, what if it was when he was in jail, somebody paid a visit to him and he was never the same? The same exact way we've talked about Jack Ruby, of course, who shot Lee Harvey Oswald. He was visited in jail by Dr. Jollyon West, who was one of the creators of MK Ultra, and was never the same man after. That's a fact. Somehow, in some way, the entire fabric of this man's being was altered drastically, and the same with Young Pharaoh. My true theory is that Young Pharaoh became a true threat to the powers that be. He was simply becoming too big to ignore, and through brainwashing, maybe like MK Ultra programming, etc., he was drastically changed. Therefore, the threat of his internet presence was therefore eliminated. Unfortunately, doing the research I do and spreading the message I do certainly comes with risks, and this is one of them. Young Pharaoh has simply become controlled opposition, someone who pretends to be fighting for the right reasons but is actually leading people down the wrong road. As always, I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast today. I do want to leave you with some footnotes on some stuff that I want you to look into. You can look into Young Pharaoh's Bodyguard and listen to that interview if you weren't convinced by me talking. Nonetheless, there was a stark difference in this man, and I just want to note it because is it possible that it was MK Ultra? Absolutely. Is it possible that he was cloned? Many people would say you're crazy for even saying that, and that's totally fine. But at the end of the day, like we talked about earlier, the government, which we know, or the world's governments that are all together, maybe they're cooperating, maybe they're not, they have far more advanced technology than we even know. They're holding thousands of secrets that we will never know, that they give us a little bit on, but just not enough. Kind of like the alien stuff. They kind of let you in on it, but they're still 
thousands of pages of documents all about the things that they're hiding from us. So they absolutely may possess this cloning technology, and this may be a clone of young Pharaoh. Like I said, his mannerisms are different, he sticks his tongue out a lot, that's something he never did before. He's even done certain interviews with this lady named Tasha Kay, which I encourage you guys to look into, where he speaks some intelligent stuff, but he also says a lot of bizarre stuff, again, speaking down about his baby mothers, etc. And even at a point in the interview, he states that he was abducted by aliens. Is it possible that he is just gone in the mind based on some of the CIA, Monarch, or MK Ultra programming. At the end of the day, we might never know exactly what happened to young Pharaoh, but we can all conclude that this guy was a threat to the powers that be, and therefore, for whatever reason or in whatever manner this occurred, he was taken out. So as always, thank you guys for listening to the Between the Lies podcast. Please go do all this research. Um, I It's not much research, rather. Please go do this research because I really want you guys to have your eyes opened to the fact that this guy was a threat to the powers that be and therefore he was taken out in some way or another. I did want to make one more announcement before I close out the podcast. Thanks as always for listening. I will be setting up an email account. Actually, tonight I'm going to set it up. I'll be putting it on my TikTok as well and I'll talk about it uh, on the episodes and make sure everybody has the email account. This is for any listener who has a story or anything they want to suggest, or any positive or negative feedback. So you can reach out to this email, again, with either stories or theories or information you may have about certain stuff you want me to look into. It'll be a way for me to engage with the people who are listening, and I'm really excited about it. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Between the Lies podcast. As always, I am your host, signing out, over and out.